You are listening to the Uncanceled Podcast. We believe that Jesus came to set you free and nothing can cancel the truth of God's word. Now here's your host, the youth pastor of Impact Youth at Faith Church in New Milford, Connecticut, Pastor Joey Santora. Who? What is going on, Uncanceled? How are you guys doing? It is so good to be back and... Man, it's not just me and Ben today. Come on. If you're listening on the on Spotify, there's a third member of our team today. There sure is. Today we have James. 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 One, one James. singular James is what I call him. James. It's always exciting when we have somebody else on sure, the Sure, why not? It's great. Why not? Add Let's somebody go. else to it. Um It's time for the big reveal. People don't know. Yeah. Uh, I was actually just talking to Brianna and she was like, I was just listening to the podcast and you know, you left us on a hook last week. Did you tell her? I did. Ah, I did. I, your wife. I, I, I like, wait, my wife? Yeah. I thought you meant your girlfriend. No, no, no. I was talking about we are, our, our significant others have the same name. If you guys didn't know that. So me and Ben will often refer to my Brianna and your Brianna in a conversation. I, I, I know it's, it kind of is a little misogynistic. Like we like own them, but like, it's not, and not meant like that. Just no, trying to communicate no, something. Um, but, um, yeah, a little suspense. A little suspense one. here. I mean, it could be anything. I know AJ's been trying to sniff this one out the oh, entire he? time. He's has oh he? yeah. I bet he's he doesn't like, know. He texted me and he's like, he's like, you guys are funny. He just texted me that uh, uh, oh, last right, week. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. um, I know he's been. He's like, he's like in his room in Valor right now. He's like, <laughs> he's trying to sniff it out. Um, I bet you CJ could sniff it out. All right, Probably. here we go. It is time to rate that. Energy, energy drink. drink. Let's Come on do now. it. Here Come we go. on. I'm excited for this. I'm a big energy drink guy. Uh, I mean, I am, I am like, I am, but like, I shouldn't be. You know what I mean? Right. Like, no. like, I, I only have like one a week. Okay. I, I'm with that. Yeah. But I really look forward to that one a week. You know what I'm sure. saying? Um, yesterday I had a sugar-free Red Bull. How was it? I don't mess with Red Bull a lot. I like Red Bull. Yeah. Um, I like Red Bull a lot. I think it has more of a subtle flavor than Monster at times. Um, and so it, we'll, we'll talk about it when we get there. We'll just talk about it later. Yeah. Um, but this one, uh, have you ever had this? Full Throttle? No. Yeah. So have none you? of us have ever had this. It's called Full Throttle. It's original citrus flavor. And I picked it primarily just because of the logo, which you've already seen because I put it on the screen. Yeah, you know, oh. Oh, I sure did. Wait, but before we start, James, why don't you just introduce yourself to the people? Yeah. What's going on, y'all? I'm James. There he is. Um, I yeah. help out at uh, Impact. Sure yeah, does. Yeah, you just, oh, just yeah. got to do it. Oh, yeah. James is a dog. He does. Well, he, he's a dog. He's James is also a really good friend of ours yeah. as well. So Play um, golf. We, we golf together. Yeah, uh, let me golf. see this. Let me see this drink. See it. Hard-working, easy-drinking. Full throttle. Wow. You know what else I'm excited for with this Rate That series? Sure. Is is the ASMR. Mm. It's back. Oh, yeah. The Oreos didn't really do it. Yeah, it didn't, but Ben, what do we have to, like, put this in? Oh, don't worry. We're going to get real close. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Bro, you got me on that too. I, I really thought that we were about to go three straws. I was like, that's a little weird. I'm just kidding. I got cuffs. We're not, Dude, you know. What are these cuffs? They're kind of cool. What are you talking no, about? No, they're like cool. They, they oh. like, I, I've never seen them before. I thought they were pretty standard. 
I mean, I just have never seen it before. You can let us we know in the comments if you want. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, one straw, no. At the same one time. Straw. Here we go. You know what, James? You're a guest, bro. Come today. on. I think I'm going to have you crack this. Yes. Okay. I'll I'm hold in. the mic for you. I'll hold the mic for you. Because you got to do it in the mic. Yeah, you got to do it in the mic. We'll get the. Oh, yes. Us a pour. Somebody's gonna watch oh, this someday. Be like, These kids are idiots. How much are we doing? Uh, it doesn't have to be much. Yeah. That's sure. fine. Good, good. Yeah, sure. good, good. Good, good. A little citrus. Good, good. Good, good. Good, good. Really looks like something you probably shouldn't drink. Oh, oh man, that really looks like something you shouldn't be drinking. No. Oh, yeah. But uh, very, very lemon lime scenting. Yes. Yeah. That is. Give it a sniff, Jamin, and let us know what you think. You know what that smells like? Tell us. Hold on, hold on. Oh, I can't think of it. Some type of oil. <laughs> oh, good. Oil? Oil. I was, fix- I was oil? fixing, I was fixing oh, my no. car like two oh, weeks ago. Oh, no. And it smells like an oil that I... <laughs> well, hey. Something that we do need to establish, Ben, yeah. is like kind of like what are we going for here? Well, here's one thing that's kind of tough with this. We can't really... Uh, rate it based off of like you know, if it has a, an effect. Yeah, I mean, it's, an one sip it's gonna and, have an effect, right? Um, it has. I don't know. What should we rate on taste? Um, taste. It's packaging? just taste. It's just taste. Okay, fair enough. I just let like like let's just go on taste. When we get to the monster can, we got to be careful. I, I mean, you know, throwback to the rant. All right. Five minutes. Um, this has 160 milligrams of caffeine. It's not um, super. That's actually no. not super. So we're, we're each probably getting like six. Yeah. Let's go. What's happening, James? Is everything okay? Oh. I didn't know CJ was coming today. Dude, I didn't know CJ was coming today. What just happened? That was good. Yo, CJ, you like that? <laughs> CJ, you like that, bro? I love it. Oh, man. <laughs> Is it, what's it called? It will help you catch those rats, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah that's good. I'm just thinking about this from like an outsider. It's like, this is the stupidest thing ever for somebody that's... Yeah. Should we explain it? Yeah, go for it. It, it stands for Cracked James, CJ. It's his alter ego. It is. Um, just because, like, James did this one time, like, with his hat. I think when we were playing basketball, and it's, like, the funniest thing ever. And so, it, like, that's kind of it. I don't know. CJ. CJ might be have to, if he can't make it live and in, live and in person every week, then then he's going to, he's probably going to have to, like, like get FaceTimed in. Oh, yeah. Well, at least CJ will have to get FaceTimed in. Um. Let's kind of talk about this, though. Uh, wait, can we can we get James back real quick? Hold on. Let's just... Good. All right, good. Good, good guy good, to have good. James yeah. back. Cool. We just... CJ comes out sometimes. Sorry. Sorry, guys. Um, what are your thoughts? Sorry. Because I have some. Let's start with James. What are your thoughts, man? I'm really not a huge energy drink guy. Oh, interesting. CJ and is more. C- oh. CJ is. Okay, fair. But I, I haven't had an energy, energy drink in like a year. Oh, wow. Um, oh, wow. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. It tasted like, like I said before, the oil. 
Wait, that, did you taste the oil last week when no, you were working on your car? You know when you could taste or smell, like smell a taste or sure. taste a smell or something? It, it tasted like oil. Yeah. So, Ben, James, yeah. I want to hear what you guys think. Okay. I'm getting birch beer kind of like vibes. I, I don't know if I've ever had that. Is that similar to root beer? Birch beer I is mean, more like, like it, it like burns you. As it goes down, and I yeah. don't like that. Why is it burning me? Why, yeah. why is a liquid burning me like, yeah. like as it goes yeah. down like that? Like It's like not normal. It's in an acidic way it's burning yeah. me. This is a bit disappointing because I really like the, the um, logo. Yeah, sure. But it doesn't taste great. My nope. stomach automatically kind of feels weird, and my mouth has like a weird coating. Certainly. Yeah. There's like a cinnamon-ish type thing going on. Like I don't really know what it is. It's not really good. Wait, do you taste that cinnamon, James? Yeah, I do. Yeah, it's something's like a little odd. Like, and my thing is like, this is the original. The original monster is good. The original Red Bull is good. Well, you'd hope if it was the original thing. That's that, what I'm like, saying. Yeah. Like, like if right, the original's no, not good, I feel like like we might have to try and get another flavor just to like give it another shot. Mm. But like, I'm not a fan. I, I I'm not a I'm not a fan. I think this is bad. JB. Why do you want it to keep on taking sips of it, though? Because I kind of, like, I don't want it to be bad. Mm. I have a weird thing where I kind of just want to keep drinking it, even though it's not good. I don't I know it's why. It's a little weird. We know it's going to get a little pick-me-up. No, I mean, I'm drinking, I just drank a coffee. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, all right, I, I'm, hold on, let, let's, let's get locked into a rating, and then we'll all say them at the same time. Um... I've had a lot of energy drinks before, and I know where this rates in comparison to, to them. All right, I'm ready. I'm ready. Ready? Three, two, one. 2.5. 2. It's bad. Yeah. It's, it's a two for me. Would, uh, it's the reason why it's a, I gave it a 2.5 is because I didn't want to go too low. No, I hear that. And but like, it's really not good. No, it's, it's drinkable, I guess. It's potable. Is that that word? Uh, that's, that's usually referring to water oh. that is like um, able to be drank. But it's, it's not, doesn't taste good. It's not a good time. Gave it a four. Why? I don't know. I just, I haven't had one in a while. So it's just like, I gave it a little higher than I would. I, oh, because you were like kind of miss it. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do. Bring it back. Wait till James gets a hold of a Red Bull or something <laughs> like that. Here's the other thing that I'll say quickly about this one. It wasn't very carbonated. Ah. I, I really like a good carbonation. Mm. It wasn't, but why did it burn my throat? I didn't really get burned. I just, my mouth is just feeling. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, yeah. let's let, let's just kind of like say it how it is. I feel like I'm ready to just say this. it sucks. Yeah, like it's it like let, like I'm sorry if you're watching from full throttle right now. Change something. Like if you want to make this a flavor of your drink, first off, like don't make this the original. Right, your original. I feel like every original energy drink should taste like have a similar like taste to it. And also. 230 calories and 55 grams of sugar. Oh, no, absolutely. no thanks. And like not good tasting. 50 like the the I've had monsters that have 28 grams of sugar that taste better than this one. Yeah. You get a big thumbs down full throttle. 
Watch this. Let's let's all just like we're gonna put them in the middle, right here, and we're just gonna go up or down. Ready? Ready? Three, two, one. You know that's down. Come on now. Come on now. Look at me. Look at me. I don't like you. I don't like you. Full throttle. Bad. JB. Bad job. Come at me. JB. That was a blast. Yeah, it was a good time, man. I think that, like I said, I think we sometimes have a better time with this than probably the so, viewers. Hey. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm convinced that a lot of our viewers uh, skip through the um, rate that portion of the uh, of the uh, podcast. It's understandable. It is, though. Like, I mean, if you, like, are in the gym and you, like, want to, like, hear, like, a Bible teaching, you're not going to, like, necessarily, unless you think that we're funny or something. I don't know. I, I don't know if we're, like, super funny or not. I don't really try, like, to, to be anything. Mm. I just, like, am honest, mm. you know? You suck, full throttle. Full throttle, man. Um, yeah, that was also better. like 12 minutes long, so I can understand why. Yeah, I can understand that for sure. All right, guys, thanks for joining us for Rate That Energy Drink. We'll see you next week for that. Uh, time to go to the Bible teaching. Thank you guys for tuning in to the uh, uncanceled podcast here on uh, on our Impact Youth uh, YouTube channel or on our Spotify account. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, if you just skip to the introduction, uh, through the introduction and through the, um, rate that segment, then welcome. If not, then you just saw us rate a garbage energy drink. But anyway, um, this uh, week I'm going to be talking about the call of God again. We did part one last week. And if you did not listen to the call of God part one, I would recommend that you stop this video right now and you go back and you watch the call of God part one. So stop the video now, go back and watch the call of God part one. Uh, but this is the call of God part two. Just to recap what we talked about last week, we talked about how the call of God is a call to forsake all. And we talked about how that means anything that is in your way, anything that is trying to stop you from pursuing the call of God, that if you want to adequately do what God has called you to do, then you need to leave everything behind. Furthermore, we talked about how the call of God is not just the call to go into the ministry. It's not just the call to be a pastor or an evangelist or uh, any of the fivefold gifts. The call of God is whatever God is, is asking for you to do. Following the call of God for some people may be, may be uh, you know, uh, going and, and uh, starting a landscaping business. The call of God for some people may be becoming a doctor. The call of God for some people may be being a real estate agent. But whatever that thing is that God is asking you to do, it will serve the purpose of advancing the kingdom of God in some way. And so we talked about following the call of God uh, forsaking all. And really what it was last week, God has a call for your life. God has a clear plan and direction that he wants to lead you to. Uh, if you would just seek him and find out what that thing is. But my second point that I want to talk to you about today, after the call of God forsaking all, that was my first point last week in part one, is the call of God involves pressing in. The call of God involves pressing in. Go to Matthew chapter 10, verse 14. Matthew chapter 10, verse 14. Amen. I think I'm going to start reading in verse 11, actually. actually. This is Jesus talking to the uh, 12 apostles. 
He says, in whatever town or village you enter, find out who is more worthy in it and stay there until you depart. As you enter the house, greet it. And if the house is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it is not worthy, let your peace return to you. And if anyone will not receive you or listen to your words, shake off the dust from your feet when you leave that house or town. Uh, so uh, why did I read that verse? Well, I really want to highlight verse 15, uh, 14. Verse 14 says that if anyone does not receive you or listen to your words, to shake off the dust from your feet. Why does it say that? Why is Jesus telling them? In other words, what Jesus is saying is shake off the dust from your feet and move on. Keep going. Shaking off the dust from your feet was a sign of rejection. Is that that's what it was in ancient culture. So what they did is they basically said, all right, good. Now let's move on. That was what they were doing. That is what Jesus was instructing them to do. Something that people sometimes miss with the call of God is that the call of God has times where you need to press in. You need to press in. It's not something that you can just give up on easily. Um, it's not something that will necessarily come to you easily either. You know, God tells you to go start a business. So you go and you start the business. And, you know, it's not all sunshines and, uh, sunshine and roses right away. You know, you go and you start the business and, you know, you're putting in hard work and stuff. And, you know, uh, at first the business isn't taking off right away or something. And you're like, man, you know, I just, I just want to quit. I don't want to do this. The call of God involves pressing in. There is a time where you may have to press in, uh, press in with the call of God. If you're called to the ministry, you're called to be an evangelist. You start out in evangelistic ministry. You don't have a bunch of meetings right away. You know, it's, it's very rare that I hear stories of an evangelist that starts that has a packed traveling schedule. I've actually never heard of a story of someone who starts an evangelistic ministry that has a packed traveling schedule. The first, you know, two days after they, uh, you know, established their evangelistic ministry. There is a time of pressing in. There is a time of preparation that takes place. There is a time of dedication to the Lord that must take place. And I believe that comes from the principle of being faithful in small things so that God can uh, give you greater things. If you can't be faithful with the small that God starts you with, then God can't expand you. God can't bring you to higher places. If I'm not being faithful, I'll give you an example. My first Wednesday at Impact Youth, I think we had 45 students. We had 40 or 45 students the first Wednesday that I was the youth pastor here at Impact. It was right after COVID. People, for whatever reason, you know, good or bad, were not coming to church. Well, if they weren't coming to church, it was for a bad reason. But you know, weren't coming out of fear of COVID and all this different stuff. And so we had 40, 45 people the first week that I was the youth pastor at Impact Youth. If I was not faithful with those 40 or 45, God would not have increased me and brought me more students. Now, as a result, this last Wednesday, we had 87 students at Impact Youth. God has uh, doubled our attendance at Impact Youth in the time that I've been the youth pastor. And God's only going to continue to grow it. But it takes a responsibility on my part for me to be faithful with what I have. For me to be faithful with what I have. For me to press in and keep working hard. It can, it can sometimes, it can be discouraging at first. It's like, man, I've been working hard, God. I've been doing all these different things. And we reach that point sometimes where we want to quit. We're like, God, I'm done with this. 
God, I've been serving, you know, I, I've been serving faithfully for six months. I've been serving faithfully in what you call me to do for a year. And God, I'm frustrated. I've been doing everything that you've asked me to do, and I just feel like nothing is moving on my behalf. May I encourage you today that if you're faithful in those small things, God will give you greater things. God will advance you if you are faithful in the small things that he has given you. In due time, in due time, there will be a harvest that is produced. See, sowing and reaping, the Bible says as long as the earth remains, there'll be seed time and harvest. Sowing and reaping is not just applicable in the financial realm, although it is applicable in the financial realm. Some people teach sowing and reaping as if, you know, it's not financial at all. It is financial. Sowing and reaping clearly involves finances as well. But sowing and reaping is a spiritual principle. If you sow into something, it is only a matter of time that it will come back to you. But how many of you guys know that even in sowing, in natural means, when you sow in a garden or you sow, you know, for a crop, it takes time to work that ground and receive a harvest. In the same way, it takes time uh, to work the ground in what God has called you to do and see a harvest come to pass. I know somebody, I've heard a story of evangelist uh, and pastor Jonathan Shuttlesworth. He started out in the ministry. God called him to be an evangelist. He went and he traveled. And at the beginning of his ministry, he didn't even have enough money to be able to uh, really, he really even pay for gas to get to his meetings. He would, he said he drew, drove like, you know, a beater of a car and he, you know, barely had any money to be able to get to his, uh, his meetings. And that is how he started in the ministry. He worked hard. He was faithful. He continued to sow faithfulness into his ministry. He continued to sow time. He continued to sow energy. He continued to work hard and hard and sow money and finances into his own ministry. Now he has a multi-million dollar ministry. Did that happen overnight? No, it did not. It happened from years of work. It happened from pressing in to the call of God and being faithful to what God had asked him to do. And then in time, a harvest came back. A harvest came back. Don't give up on what God has called you to do because you face resistance at first. Even in the Bible, I'll show this to you. Go to Acts chapter 13. Even in the Bible, there was resistance there was resistance and there were challenges to people that were following the call of God. God had called people to go and to spread the gospel. How many of you guys know that we're all called to spread the gospel? And these people were doing it in a ministerial capacity. And here's what happened in Acts chapter 13, verse 49. It says, and the word of the Lord was spreading throughout the whole region. But the Jews incited the devout woman of high standing and the leading men of the city stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and drove them out of their district. But they shook off the dust, but they shook off the dust from their feet again against, against them and went to Iconium and the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit, filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. What happened? The, these uh, apostles, Paul and Barnabas, they went and they were fulfilling the call of God for their life. What was the call of God? For them to go 
and to preach the gospel. That was what their call was. That's all of our purpose is to spread the gospel, but their specific call was in a ministerial five-fold uh, capacity um, where they were spreading the gospel. And they went and they did that, and they faced resistance. They faced resistance. What was the resistance? People literally were coming against them, trying to physically harm them, and they drove them out of the city. And what did they do? Well, I'll tell you what they didn't do. They didn't go, wow, this is really hard. I think that I should just give up. We're going to give up. You know, it, you know, I, I just, you know, think that this is really difficult. You know, honestly, I don't even know if God really called me to do this. It's not, I'm not really sure if that's really what I should do. I think it's time to, you know, just, you know, throw in the towel and give up and, you know, you know, I don't know, maybe go like, you know, start like, you know, another business and just kind of throw my entire life into that. That's not what they did. What they did is they did exactly what Jesus said in Matthew 10, 14. They shook the dust from their feet. And I love how the Bible says, and they went to Iconium. What did they do? They shook the dust from their feet. They got rid of it and they moved on and continued to do what God was calling them to do. Was it easy for them to do it? I'm not really sure because the Bible doesn't say one way or another if it was. But I would tell you this, sometimes it, sometimes I know from experience, it can. it's not the easiest thing to just keep pressing in and keep moving on. But I'm telling you it's rewarding because here's what the Bible says. As they shook the dust from their feet and they moved on to keep doing what God told them to do, the Bible says in verse 52, they were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Amen. I don't know if it was easy for them to make the decision to shake the dust from their feet. I could surmise based on their circumstances that it was a challenge for them to keep on going. But the Bible doesn't say that, so that's my own commentary. All I know is they shook the dust, they moved on, and as a result, they were filled with joy. They were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Can I tell you this? When you follow the call of God and you press into the call of God, you will be filled with so much joy. You will be filled with so much joy. Why? Because you're fulfilling what God has called you to do. There's been moments in my life um, where I've been pastoring this youth group and there's been challenges sometimes. There's been challenges, you know. There's been situations with the kids in the youth group and, you know, people gossiping and backbiting and fighting and, you know, uh, circumstances. And it's in those moments where, you know, I've had to ask myself, what do I do? And every single time I made a decision to press in, made a decision to press in. And I watched and saw as we've actually gotten stronger every single time that these challenges have come up. Why? Because I'm not some weak guy that doesn't know what God has called me to do. And I roll over every single time that the enemy tries to start trouble in my life. That's not, that's not what I am. That's not who I am. That's not what I'm called to do. I know that God has called me to be a pastor. And regardless of any challenge that the enemy throws my way, I'm going to press in and I can... I'm living proof right now, and I'm telling you from somebody that has been on the other side of challenges in pastoral ministry, challenges in the call of God in my life, I'm telling you as someone on the other side that every time you make a decision to press in, that you come out of it on the other side even better than you were before. Go to James chapter 1. I feel this in my spirit right now. James chapter 1. This will help somebody. And I'm only talking, you know, as somebody that's been, you know, following the call of God on my life for 
Technically, I went to Bible school and I, and I got trained there too. So if you count that, I've been following the call of God for about six years now, but actively serving in the ministry now for almost three years. Uh, I've been actually serving. That's not even that long. There's people that have been doing this for 40 years that, that know way more than I do. Um, they know way more than I do. Pastor Frank has been doing it for over 25 years. There's people that have been doing it for 50 years. They know way more than I do. And, uh, you know, and, and uh, let me say this, though. I will say this. The amount of time that somebody has been doing something certainly, you know, can bear dividends and, you know, produce wisdom. However, if someone's not doing it God's way for 25 years, it really is not great advice or wisdom. Wisdom comes from the spirit of God. Wisdom does not come from age alone. Age certainly can be a benefit, but age only matters. Experience only matters if it's done by the Holy Spirit of God. Some guy that's been in the ministry for 50 years that doesn't do ministry according to the word of God, that doesn't follow the call of God, you know, according to the uh, word of God, their wisdom is just man-made wisdom. And it's not something that's actually helpful. But someone like Pastor Frank, who is the senior pastor and my father, that has done things by the spirit of God, that has done things by the word of God, he has real godly wisdom that is far beyond me because he's been walking in the wisdom and the spirit for 25 years. So when I say talk about experience, don't look to somebody that doesn't have a fruitful ministry or someone that isn't fruitfully following the call of God for wisdom. Look to someone that is ahead of you that is, that is producing fruit. You know, I'm not going to talk to somebody that's been in the ministry for, I don't know, that's been in the ministry for uh, you know, 30 years that they've been pastoring a church of 10 people for 30 years. And can you please share with me your experience and stuff like that? I, I, I'm not really interested in that, you know, and I'm not trying to be prideful in saying that. I want to talk to people that they started with a church of 50 people, 10 people, and now 30 years later, they have a church of 2,000 people. They have a church of 3,000 people. They have a church that has actually produced fruit, that has sent people out, that has seen people healed, that has seen people saved. And why do I say that? If your church has had 10 people for 30 years, then Clearly, people are not being saved and the Great Commission is not being fulfilled because uh, why does your church still have 10 people then? And, and I'm not rebuking anybody or anything like that. I'm in no position to rebuke somebody that's been in the ministry for 30 years. I'm just saying that I'm looking for somebody that has experience, that has produced fruit. That's all I'm looking for. People that have experience that has actually produced fruit in their life. There are people that have been in the ministry for eight years that have produced more fruit for people that have been in the ministry for 30 years. I would rather talk to those eight people, uh, the, the, those people that have been in the ministry for eight years because they have more wisdom because they produce more fruit and they've walked with the spirit more. They walk with the spirit more. However, again, I'm not saying to be disrespectful. Even if someone served the Lord for 30 years and hasn't seen much fruit, I would not disrespect them in any way still. I wouldn't go up to them and say, your ministry hasn't produced any fruit. Who am I to even say that to them? 
They still have served God. They've still given their life for the Lord and stuff. So I want to be respectful and honoring towards them. So I hope that if you're watching this right now, you don't take away from this, that I can disrespect people that have been in the ministry for 30 years, or I could disrespect people that have followed the call of God in another area for 30 years because they haven't produced fruit. That doesn't give me a right to disrespect them. That's between them and the Lord. They're still an elder. They're still somebody that I should hold in respect and esteem. So I certainly would not... Uh, be arrogant enough to look at them and rebuke them or tell them, you know, anything. That's not my place or my job. So I just want to make sure I'm clear on that um, as well. But uh, but uh, I actually forget why I even started going on that. But I do know that I'm talking about the call of God involves pressing in, involves a pressing in process where you sometimes have to make a decision to keep going. I've realized in the ministry that there are various quitting points that you'll get to. And what I mean by that is you see this in the Apostle Paul. He was uh, shipwrecked. He was snake bitten. He was stoned and left for dead. All of those are points where a lot of people would say, I'm done with this. But the Apostle Paul did it in a different way. He shook the dust in a different way. He said, I'm going to shake this thing off and I'm going to press in and go do what God has called me to do still, despite the opposition, despite the challenges. And Paul even said himself, praise be to God who gives us the victory through Christ Jesus our Lord. I'm not preaching to you right now or teaching to you right now that, you know, uh, you know, there's so many challenges and they're just going to beat you every single time. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is there are challenges that you have to press in. And when you press in, you'll watch and see as God will give you the victory over those challenges in Jesus' name. Whether it's a business, whether it's, uh, you know, being a doctor, whether it's being a nurse, whether it's being a physical therapist, whether it's being a chef, whatever career that it is that God has called you to, when you get to those points where you need to press in, may I challenge you, remember your calling. Remember what God has called you to do. And know this, your calling will not be as simple as, I've called you to be a chef. Your call will be, I've called you to be a chef, and here's how you're going to advance the kingdom of God with it. Here's how you're going to advance the kingdom of God with it. God will tell you, I want you to do this, and then you say, okay, Lord, how am I going to be able to advance your kingdom with that? If God's called you to it, he has a purpose to advance his kingdom with. God's not just going to call you to do something and be like, yeah, I just want you to be a chef. Oh God, how am I going to advance your kingdom? Oh, I'm not really concerned with that, actually. I just want you to cook food. That's not, that's not proper. How do I know that? Where is that in the Bible? Well, here's where that's in the Bible. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. So when you're called to be a chef, your purpose is to go and find ways to spread the gospel throughout that, that area, throughout that area of the cooking universe or whatever that is. You know, that's your, that is your purpose. Find ways to be able to do that. How can I spread the gospel amongst my workplace, right? So, that, you know, wherever God has positioned you and called you, there is a purpose that he wants you to fulfill in that. But the call of God involves pressing in, whether it's in the ministry, whether it's in, uh, you know, uh, any other secular field. And people view the word secular uh, badly. Secular just means it's like not, it's not like, you know, Christian necessarily. But it doesn't always mean that it's bad. You know, 
this water brand is a secular water brand, I'm sure, like Wesley Farms or whatever. I, I have no idea. Watch it be Christian. That would be funny. But Wesley Farms is a secular water brand. It doesn't mean that their water is like sinful. I'm sure there are Christians that work for Wesley Farms. So secular is not a bad word. But if you're working in a secular field or you're working in a Christian field or in a ministerial field, whatever it is, there is a way that God wants to use that thing that he's called you to, to advance his kingdom. But watch this in James. James 1-2. It says this. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Amen. Amen. I want to encourage you with this. I used to not like this passage of scripture because nobody ever taught it to me correctly. People used to, because you can't not like a passage of scripture, breaking news. Like if you're a Christian, like you, you need to like the whole Bible. Like it's, it's the Bible. And the reason why I used to hate listening to people preach on this is because they never preached it right. Here's how they would preach it. So let me tell you something. God is going to make you go through a trial. That's not what this scripture says. It says, count it all joy when you go through various trials. What does that mean? You will have trials in your life. Yes, Jesus said in this world, you will have trouble. Absolutely, there are trials that, w- that we'll go through in life. The Bible's very clear about that, that there are challenges that we may, that we may face in life, certainly. But watch this, the Bible says that when you do, that you know the testing of your faith produces steadfastness that steadfastness may have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Trials are an opportunity for you to press in to your faith in God and for you to grow through it. God doesn't send the trial. God is not sitting there in heaven like, you know what? I'm going to send this trial into, you know, Ben's life or whatever because, you know, I I just think that he really needs it right now. Instead, Romans 8.28 comes into play where God works everything together according to his good. And so when you put your faith in God as you're going through a trial and you press into him, watch and see as God will lead you out in victory. Because Jesus said in this world you will have trouble, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. And so when you go through trials in your life, understand that it's an opportunity for you to actually grow in your faith and for you to press in and come out better on the other end. I remember in September we were having a problem in the youth group and I was sitting there and thinking to myself, these kids are gossiping. These kids are backbiting. This is not good. And I thought to myself, God, I, I, I'm done. Like, I, I, I'm tired. I feel defeated. Like, you know, I wasn't defeated, but I felt it. I felt like, what am I going to do? And I felt the encouragement of the Lord in that moment. I was, I'm reminded of the scripture whenever I have an issue in life. David found his encouragement in the Lord in a situation David was facing where his own people wanted to kill him. David found his encouragement in the Lord. And so I found my encouragement in the Lord in that moment. Hadn't I do that? I found my encouragement in the word of God. I sought the Lord. I began to pray and the Lord gave me instruction. He said, Joey, he said, have a night where you deal with this head on right from my word. And I did. And ever since that day, we have watched and seen as the the problems that we have had, where people were gossiping, doing all these things, they've been few and far between. And we're actually better off for it. But see, if I would have looked at the trial and said, man, this is hard. I'm just going to hope that God brings me through at some point. And I just sat back and did nothing. And I didn't press in. 
we would be having the same problems today. I hate it when people have problems in their life and they sit back and they passively wait for God to do something. I, I've heard uh, this guy, Pastor J.D. Farina, he's a great guy and he's, a, he's a, a mentor of mine that has helped me so much. He says, the promises of God are not passively received, but actively pursued. They're not passively received, they're actively pursued. The Bible says, they that wait on the Lord. I've talked about this before. That word wait is not, is not written in the passive tense, it's active. Waiting is actively pursuing God. When I actively press into God, that he will renew my strength, the Bible says. When I, they that wait on the Lord, he will renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles and soar. That's what will happen when you press in, when you wait on the Lord, when you pursue the Lord with everything you have and you wait upon him. Watch and see as he will lift you up. He will encourage you. He will give you instruction. But it takes that initial pressing in. God is not going to force you to press in when you face a trial, when you face a challenge, when you're discouraged. God is not going to force you to do that. People think, well, if God wants to do, you know, wants to help me here, you know, he'll just help me. No, you need to make a decision to get off your butt and press in. Get off your butt and press in. That's, that people miss that sometimes. They think that they can just sit back and do whatever. Get off your butt and press in. I've thrown pity parties before, you know. I just don't know why this is happening. I'm making fun of myself right now. I, you know, I just don't know why this is happening, God. You know, we've, we've done such good things and stuff like that. And I, I just don't understand, you know, we, we work hard and all that stuff. And sometimes I've been like, God's, God's like, are you done with your pity party now? Like, like that, that, that doesn't do any good. You know, I, I sit there, sometimes I'll express my feelings to the Lord. You know, I'll say to you know, God, I'm kind of discouraged right now about this situation that's happening. There's nothing wrong with that. But when I, but what I do say is I say, but God, I'm going to turn to you and I'm going to look for my encouragement right now. And I can tell you every single time that I've genuinely looked for encouragement from the Lord, I found encouragement from the Lord. I have, I'll tell you another way that you can encourage yourself. When you are discouraged, when you are discouraged, here's what the Bible says that you should do. I'm going to look it up. The Bible says in Proverbs 11.25, a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. How do I know? uh, What does this get into? This is, again, the law of sowing and reaping. When I encourage others, I myself will be encouraged. I'll tell you what, nothing feels better than being an encouragement for somebody. You, you text them. You're like, hey, I just want to encourage you with this for a second. Um, it, whenever I start to feel encur- discouraged about anything, I pick up my phone and I begin to text people encouragement. Watch and see as you will feel better and you will feel encouraged because you are encouraging others. The Bible says, whoever refreshes others will themselves be refreshed. So, you know, you know, if you're, um, if you're feeling discouraged and about the call of God in your life, text somebody that is doing the same thing that you want to be doing and say, Hey, I just wanted to reach out to you and tell you uh, how thankful I am for your ministry. Thank you so much for what you're doing or how thankful I am for this thing that you're doing. I just wanted to thank you for that. It really, encourages me. You're, you know, you're, you're doing a great thing. It's amazing to see somebody with faith, all that type of stuff. That's amazing. You know, um, uh, I messaged someone, uh, not that long ago that 
is in the ministry that is like way ahead of me. And I messaged them. I never heard back from them. Guess what? That was not the point of me hearing back from them. The point was for me to get that encouragement to them. Watch and see as you will be encouraged when you encourage others. When you're feeling discouraged, encourage other people and you'll find encouragement. Encourage other people and you'll find encouragement. Um, Encourage other people. The other thing with pressing in, I talked about this with my leaders the other day. The Bible says in, uh, I think it's 2 Samuel. I'm going to look, look it up real quick. 2 Samuel 7. I read this the other day. David said, Then King David went in and sat before the Lord, and he said, Who am I, sovereign Lord, and what is my family, that you have brought me this far? That you have brought me this far. Sometimes when we are discouraged about our present situation, sometimes it is important to remind ourselves that God has brought us this far. Look back and see how far God has brought you. Look back and see how far God has brought you. Some of you watching right now, you may not be at that point of of pressing in right now, but I'm telling you, there will come a point in time where you're doing whatever God has called you to do. And you have to choose to press in. And I want you to remember this. Look back and see how far God has brought you. God, thank you that I'm not where I was a year ago. I thank you that I'm not even where I was six months ago. I thank you for everything that's done. You know, something that I do is I think about the students that have been impacted by the ministry that my wife and I have here at Impact Youth. I think about a girl that, you know, was depressed to, to by by, you know, like to the point where like, she just always like wanted to like harm herself, kill herself. And, you know, now looking back, her life is completely changed. She doesn't want to do that type of stuff anymore. That's not who she is anymore. She's a completely different person. And I think about that fruit. I think about people that have been healed. I think about people that have been called by God. I think about people that just love the Lord more now as a result. And I thank God. Thank you, Lord, that you have brought me this far. In those moments where you need to press in, it's important to remind yourself of the things that God has already done. And the reason why is because if God has already done those things, imagine what else God has before you. Imagine the other things that God wants to do. Imagine how many more people you can impact if you keep on going and keep on running. It involves pressing in sometimes. There's a pressing in process. I want to speak to those of you that are specifically called to the ministry. So you're going to need to press in at some point. It's not just going to be handed to you. You just, you know, it's not just going to be handed to you. Even me, people, well, your dad handed you the youth ministry. What do you mean? It's not, it's not handed to you. I want you to understand something. Even if something is quote unquote handed to you, you have a choice to make to work, to work. It's not going to be exactly, unless you're just lazy and have no vision and you don't care. You'll have like, I, I would have shrunk the youth group to 20 people if that was my attitude. I don't really care. Yeah, come if you want, you know, whatever, you know, it doesn't really matter. That's, that we would have, it would have been destroyed. But the thing is, is that you still have to press in to get something to the place that God has given you a vision for. It's not just going to happen like that. We had challenges at the beginning. We had leaders that were not on the same page with what we were doing. We had leaders that, I had this, I had one leader that was not on board with the fact that the Bible, you know, divine healing in the Bible and divine health, they were like very like, you know, 
I, I want to be careful how I say this because they're a very nice person, but I, I, you know, it's just the truth. They were infatu- infatuated with like the, the idea, you know, that people get sick sometimes and all that stuff. And what about Paul Storn and all these different things. And they, they, uh, and it was a challenge. And I, I had to make a decision at that point where I either could have backed off the message of healing or I could have pressed in some more and gone for it. And that's exactly what I did. And yeah, I had to do it in the face of that challenge. But guess what? Eventually that person stepped aside and they're no longer a part of the ministry anymore. There are pressing in points. There are points where you feel, I've even felt like before, one of the most challenging times of me in ministry was I think like six months into me being a youth pastor. I think that Ben even remembers this time. It was the most challenging four months or whatever, or five months that I had as, as a youth pastor. I mean, it, it was, and I've only been doing it for three years and stuff like that. So I don't want to try and act like I have all this experience, but in the three years that I have, it was a big deal to me. I had like rebellion, like within like, uh, my, uh, the youth ministry. I had like people that were like, you know, talking bad about me saying a bunch of stuff, challenging the way that I did things, challenging the vision that God had given me, you know, mad about the speakers that I'm having in mad, you know, making fun of the way that I do things, you know, just being like a hindrance people that were supposed to be leaders. And I was in a very awkward situation within, I'm not going to get into all of it, but I was in a very awkward situation. Uh, and, and I really, there was nothing I could really do. I know some of you were like, why don't you just kick them off? It was a little bit more complicated than that. Uh, and it was hard. It was hard. And, and I, I was at a point where I was just like, I, I'm like, not this person. Like I'm really not. And if you know me, I'm not like this. I would be up. I was living at home with my mom and my dad at that time. And I'd be up at one in the morning with my mom. And I just be like, mom, I've never felt this way in my life, in my life. Like my heart is beating, not in a normal way right now. Like I, I don't, I've never felt this before. It was like anxiety that was trying to come on me. And it was something I had never experienced before in my entire life. And I remember in that moment, I went to my room and I found encouragement in the Lord. And I pressed in and I kept going. And when I was going through it, I wasn't like, you know, up there on the microphone, like, you know, talking about it all the time and stuff. That, that's not appropriate. You have to understand when you're the leader, that is like completely inappropriate for you to be standing in front of everybody, you know, telling them, my life's just so hard right now. Please help me. That, that's, that's not the way you're supposed to lead. If the leader is going to stand up there and is going to, you know, uh, let, you know, be crying and sad and stuff, imagine how much more depressed everybody else is going to get in the room. As a leader, you have to stand strong. As a leader, you have to stand strong. And so I did, and I pressed in. And I pressed in and I watched and saw it wasn't the will of God for me to be anxious. It wasn't, you know, I shouldn't have even let myself get to a point where I was anxious because the Bible says don't be anxious about anything. But I pressed into God in that moment and I found peace. God sent me friends that helped me. I had a friend that by the spirit picked up the phone and said, Joey, the spirit of the Lord just spoke to me. I'm coming to visit you this week. Just like that. Joey, the spirit of the Lord spoke to me. I'm coming to visit you this week. And by the spirit, he was able to tell me everything that was going on. And he picked it up. He came and visited the youth group. What's happening is this. People are rebelling against you. It's a religious spirit. He was able to help me understand everything that was going on. I'll actually tell you who it was. It was Evangelist Wesley. He 
He knew what was going on. He was able to encourage, encourage me. God sent me the right people to encourage me in that time of need that I had. But guess what? It was not Evangelist Wesley that I found my joy in, that I found my peace in. It was God that I found encouragement and peace and joy in, in that time. And I watched as God brought me to victory in that situation. I'm standing on the other side of making a decision to press in for God. And I'm telling you that when you make that decision to press in for God, watch and see as God will bring you out on the other side of that thing. Watch and see. It'll happen. It'll happen. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. It'll happen. And it's not going to take like, you know, seven years. It's only a matter of time that God does something, that, that not that God does something, that your situation changes. Situation changes. God is not sitting there in heaven, like, you know, like deciding that, you know, I think that I'm going to give it two weeks or whatever. That's not how that works. But I'm telling you, it's only a matter of time before those things will be driven out. So for those of you called in the ministry, when you reach those moments, press in. I'm telling you, it's worth it every single time. It's worth it every single time. Uh, and even if you're not called in the ministry, that's fine. Follow the call of God. It will involve some pressing in at some points. Well, I guess this has turned into a three-part series, and that's okay. Uh, on the podcast, I want to take as much time as possible to talk about whatever I feel the Lord leading me to talk about. But uh, I, I uh, want to encourage you today. If you are watching and you're at a moment to press in, press in, do it. It is worth it every single time. Let me ask you a question. Do you really want to give up on everything that God has already done in your life? Do you really want to throw in the towel on what God has called you to do? I don't think you do. I don't think you do. I think you want to press in. And this today, this word was for some people that are watching this, whether it's, whether it's, you know, you know, whether it's, you know, a day after it's done recording, whether it's a year, whether it's 10 years after this is done recording, somebody needs to hear this. Keep going, keep going. Doors will open. Things will happen. Know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Know that the testing of, the, of your faith is going to make you perfect and complete, just as James 1 says. Keep going. Do not give up. It's time for you to go ahead and buckle up, you know, hanker down and say, I'm going to go ahead and put my hand to the plow and I'm going to keep on going and watch and see as it will produce fruit in due time. But Joey, you don't understand. I've been doing it for this long. I, I get it. I know you've been doing it for however long you've been doing it. Keep going. If God has called you to it, if and if not for else, listen, it's going to produce fruit. It's going to be great because the Bible says that it is. But if not for anything else, if God called you to it, be faithful to God. Do it out of faithfulness to God for, for just for, just for argument's sake, for anything else. And then God will say to you, well done, good and faithful servant. Maybe you need to do something differently. Maybe the reason why it's not working is because you're not doing something right. Take responsibility and do it right. That's not everybody that's watching this, but you might have to take responsibility. Do something differently. Maybe I need to, maybe I need to, uh, you know, dedicate myself more in prayer. Maybe I need to dedicate myself more in, you know, just diligence and, you know, uh, putting more effort and time and not being as lazy, getting up earlier. Maybe it's something as simple as that. Seek the Lord 
and see if there might be something that you could do differently. But press in, keep going, follow the call of God for your life. I promise you, I'm here to encourage you that it will work out. It will pan out. Your parents might be saying to you, see, you were wrong. You shouldn't have followed the call of God. That wasn't the right thing for you to do, but you know what God has spoken to your life. Be faithful to it and God will not fail you. God has a track record of of years, thousands of years of being faithful. Do you really think that you're big enough of a deal for God to ruin his thousands of years of, of faithfulness, his track record of thousands of years of faithfulness on you? He's gonna ruin that on you? No, he's not. He's faithful and he's never failed me yet and he won't fail you either. He won't fail you either. God is a faithful God. Be encouraged today that God has got your back and it's all gonna work out. Something good is coming your way in Jesus' name, amen. I hope that you enjoyed this teaching on the call of God part two. I'll see you next week for the call of God part three. God bless. Thank you for listening to the Uncanceled Podcast. We hope you are blessed and encouraged by the teaching today. If you are between the grades of fifth through 12th grade, make sure to check us out in person at Faith Church in New Milford, Connecticut every Wednesday night from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Be sure to tune in next week for another weekly podcast from Uncanceled. God bless.